Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Lopez wants it away. And it's a deep to left center. Andrew Jones on the run. This one has a chance. Home run. Gentlemen, Mets fans of all ages, here is your host, Nick Durst. Hello, Mets fans. Welcome back to another edition of Believe in the Mets right here on the Believe Networks. I'm your host, Nick Durst, and right now it is hot stove season, but things are feeling very cold out in Queens. Things are feeling bleak. It doesn't look like the Mets are going to be able to get things done that they need to get done. We already talked about their manager situation, of course, and now the tides are turning here as far as free agency. What are the Mets going to do? Are they going to go for it? We don't know. It doesn't look like Shohei Otani is too interested in the Mets, so we haven't been hearing anything on that front. So the Mets will have to pivot to a plan B, and I'll get into that. But joining me now, making his long-awaited Believe debut. Everyone's been asking for him. When is he going to be on the Believe Network? When is he going to be on Believe in the Mets? LB Networks, NHL Networks, Cinephile Pod host, Adnan Verk. Adnan joins me right now. Adnan, it's great timing to have you on here because the Mets hired a bench coach that you're very familiar with as a Blue Jays fan, John Gibbons, the Mets bench coach that needed that that veteran in there. What can you tell us about John Gibbons? What are the Mets I fans? just knew, Nick, that we would, we would finally get this day to come when John Gibbons would be back in the fold. You're like, you went through your Rolodex, which you're as good a guest booker as anybody. Like You I, you got the magic touch when it comes to getting a hold of somebody, whether it's Doc Emmerich or whoever it is. I know Joe Calabrese likes to take the credit for it with You Know I'm Right, your podcast, but you've got the magic touch. So I can just imagine today, you're like, you know, John Gibbons, who would be the perfect guy? Of course, my buddy Virk. So uh, it's good to be with you, first and foremost. Congrats on the podcast. Love what you do and believe. Love the whole network. Shout out to uh, Bob Papa, the whole crew. Uh, as far as John Gibbons specifically, listen, I love him. He's a great guy. Um, when I was in Toronto, I covered him a little bit. Was always good with the media. The last time I was in Toronto, I think I was calling an Astros Blue Jays game for ESPN, and Gibbons was the manager. So I remember seeing him behind, like he recognized me. What I distinctly remember is he's like, we're having a conversation, but the tobacco was just so getting in the way of what he was trying to say. Eventually, he had like, we're good. And just this, just this hulking mass of chalk. And so he's like, yeah. So what I was trying to say was, and it's like perfect Queens English. I'm like, okay, thanks a lot. Give me good to see you again. But he's a great guy. And of course he's got familiarity with the Mets being a part of the team way back in 86. I think it was a world series team. Um, and as a bench coach, I mean, listen, you're there to uh, poke and prod and you're the conciliary to the manager and offer guidance. And I think with Carlos Mendoza working with my buddy, Aaron Boone, all those years of the Yankees, he's, Obviously, a guy who's a veteran that he's been around baseball for a long time, but he could use an even more veteran hand. And, and Gibbons, being a former manager all those years of the Blue Jays, will offer some support. And as I said, he's a guy who, who knows Queens very well from his days playing years ago. So I love the hire. Good for the Mets. So David Stearns, obviously, he didn't ask you for your opinion, but you worked with Buck Showalter for a, a season at LB Network. Buck, one of the sharpest guys that you, that you can meet as far as baseball knowledge. So what do you think about the fact that the Mets are going in the direction of they went. They had all these first-time coaches with Rojas, McCallaway. They get a veteran in there, Buck, who turns things around, 101 wins. And then they say, we'll go back the other direction here to a, an inexperienced first-time manager. 
Yeah, listen, you, you are an experienced hand at broadcasting, and you know the way that this goes is that the longer you're in the business, you don't necessarily have an attachment to teams, but you have an attachment to players. So naturally, when you work with these guys, you root for them. Why wouldn't you? You're, you're teammates with them for a year. So to me, Buck Walter was a former teammate of mine and somebody who was a lot of fun to talk to, had a much better sense of humor than I thought. He was actually really funny and a great storyteller, but very knowledgeable. As you said, he's a sharp guy. If you watch a baseball game with Buck, He's spotting things that you and I, as avid baseball fans as we are, would never be able to spot. He's just, he's always thinking three steps ahead. I always think a great mark for managers, how good they are with the bullpen. You saw that with Bruce Bochy. You see that with Buck Showalter. These guys are just always, you know, kind of planning the way things should go and, and just trying to put their team in the best position to succeed. So as far as he leaves us and goes there, you know, he wins manager there, as you know, wildly successful season. This past year was not successful for a variety of reasons, but I don't think I would lay the blame at Buck's Feed. I get the fact he's the manager. He has to take some culpability, and he's a stand-up guy. He would do that. But I mean, once they punted on the season and dealt Delta Verlander and Scherzer, I don't think it was like you know this one's on Buck. So I think it's surprising to make that move. But as I'm sure you've discussed on your excellent podcast, and everyone else has said as well, it felt like Stearns was going to hire Council Milwaukee connection. I get that. If I was a GM, I'd want to hire my own guy. I'm going to bring in Nick Durst as my field manager rather than the old incumbent. I think that makes sense. You you have familiarity, you have relationships. But for Stearns to not get his guy in Craig Council to perhaps be outbid or maybe Craig just wanted to stay in the Midwest for $8 million a year, that obviously helped his decision. I think it's surprising. And right. I don't think David Stearns would ever publicly say this, nor should he. <laughs> but if somebody said to him, hey, would you rather just kept Buck Showalter if you knew you couldn't get Council? Maybe he'd have a second answer. But he's a really sharp guy. Me and Harold talked to David Stearns last week on Hot Stove. And he's very savvy. And of course, he's you know, a longtime Mets fan, as you know, and grew up in the area. So he he gets the deal. He knows he knows what people are thinking and that, oh, so Mendoza was your second or a third choice and mm. probably should have stuck with Buck. But I think the Carlos optics, The optics yeah. aren't aren't great. 100%. And, but you, think, you can't fault Craig Council for wanting to leave Milwaukee. I mean, you had such issues personally trying to fly into Milwaukee. It's kind of a kind of a dead area. Well, listen, my brother married a girl from Wisconsin, so I can never knock the great state. I love the dairy. The cheese is fantastic. And they're very nice people there. But yeah, I mean, the, the, the travel situation I endured this summer, which I know you and your entire audience was riveted by, horrific. I mean, United Airlines, tough. They had a tough stretch this summer. There's no question about it. And getting to Milwaukee's hard. But apparently, council loves the area because I, mean, I think one of his kids goes to college there, I believe, at Marquette or maybe 2WM. So yeah. regardless, he, he has a fondness for the Midwest and Again, I'm sure Stevie Cohen could offer him $10 million. Maybe that would have changed his mind, but $8 million a year for council was enough for him to stay in the Midwest. And I think, as you know, I love David Ross. Again, I root for people. I've worked with him. Yeah, past Dancing with the Stars. I'm shocked that he lost his job. Like, I don't think one person watched the Cubs this year and goes, you know what? I think, I think the problem is the manager. I'm like, no, I think everyone's like, he's a really good manager. He's a smart guy. They overachieved in some ways. Now, I know they finished poorly. Five and 12, I believe, was the finish, and 83 and 79 overall. But I don't know anyone who thought they'd be above 500. They're a game back, the D backs, the D backs go all the way to the World Series. So uh, it's definitely been a confusing offseason. I, I listen, Council's a bright guy. I get it, but I feel bad for Rossi. He shouldn't have lost his job. Matt should have hired Rossi. Yeah, but they jumped the gun and they, they were all in a Mendoza. And Stearns, I guess he was selling it to you and Harold Reynolds that this yeah. was our first choice. And it's it's a tough PR spin, if you ask me. Yeah, it's one of those that I think, you know, what's he supposed to say? If he's truly being honest, he's like, oh, you know what? It was not my first choice. The people are going to mock him and go, oh my God, you're a disaster. How could you not get your first choice? They tell Stevie Cohen to pay the money and get your first choice. So it's very diplomatic in what David has to do. And, and 
he's kind of got to toe that line. I go, no, he's the guy I liked all along. And listen, the best thing Carlos Mendoza can do is win. If he has a successful Mets tenure, I hope he has a great year with the Mets. Then it will uh, it will shut all the uh, the naysayers up and all the, the second guessers. So do you think you're going to ask Aaron Boone to introduce you to Carlos Mendoza so you have a hookup for tickets in Queens and the Bronx? thousand percent. You know, one of my major initiatives and I think desires in getting into this business was how do I get free tickets? So once I was able to establish myself to a certain level, I've, I've basically cornered the market now on, on most major teams. I've lost the Cubs connection now with Ross, yeah. although my buddy Boog Shambi voiced the Cubs. If I needed Cubs tickets, Boog could come through in a hurry. Uh, but yeah, I got Aaron Boone there with the Yankees. I got Alex Cora with the Red Sox. That helps when those guys are traveling as well. Don't forget, you know, Red Sox are playing the Yankees. I don't have to bug Booney. I can just bug Cora because those guys always have tickets on the road. Jake Peavy's been huge. He can get me Giants tickets and Padres tickets. Our boy Steven Nelson, Dodgers are taken care of. So, yeah, at some point when I'm going to get – When all else fails, Harold got the hookup everywhere probably. Exactly. If need be, just a, just a quick introduction to, to Steve Cohen slash David Stern slash Carlos Mendoza, I think Harold can make a phone call and get me in. <laughs> Let's see if that happens there. So – 0 for 1 so far, down 0 on the count for, for Stearns as far as this whole thing with Buck, how it shook out. I think I'm with you where, in hindsight, he's probably saying, I probably should have uh, yeah. should have held on to him. But now he's going to go, he might go 0-2 if he misses out on Otani. And if he goes 0-3 and strikes out with Yamamoto, that's going to be a big problem. You're in, in the area now. You're in New York. You're in New Jersey. So... I know you're doing a national, you do national show, but you know the pressures here in this big market, and the fans are going to quickly turn on David Stearns if he can't get at least one of these three guys here. He's out on council, so I don't think Otani. For everybody you talk to, you talk to your buddy Sandy and all these insiders. Your good friend Joel Sherman. Nobody's well, reporting anything about yeah. about Otani and the Mets. He's got the money, but Otani's being very tight-lipped. Yamamoto. It seems like. The Mets are going to get in a bidding war with your buddy Aaron, Aaron Boone at his Yankees, mm. Alex Cora, and the Red Sox. It seems like it's going to come down to just out of those three teams or any sort of team, maybe the Giants get involved, not necessarily money, just where he wants to play because the money is going to be relatively similar, you would think. So do you think that from what you're hearing, and it's tough to get a read in these Japanese players, is, he, is, is there any – way that this is it's going to help the Mets because of Kodai Senga and the relationship they may have had and it makes an easier transition to play another Japanese player I've had some other insiders on with me and they say well maybe Yamamoto is going to not come there to show respect to Senga because he doesn't want to you know take away his headlines so what's your feel on what you're hearing from everybody about Yamamoto well first off love the shout out to Sandy Mark Feinstein does a fantastic job not sure if you needed to give Joel Sherman some pub but I guess that's your thing and unlike Keith Rosario who's also a national guy I like to focus on local teams as well so I don't shy away from that unlike Rosario so you're right I'm here in New York to me I'm an adopted New Jerseyan at this point I got lots of Mets fans around me and I know what the passion is like of this fan base and I don't think he's going to go for three. I don't think he's going to get Otani. I think Otani goes to the Dodgers. 12 years, 550. I think it's just a ridiculous amount of money that he's not going to turn down. Why would you leave Southern California? I love New Jersey. Uh, I love this area. I appreciate your passion for Staten Island, but um, I've been to Southern California. It's phenomenal. Like I, I would not leave Southern California if I'm showing Otani. I'm getting 75, 80, and sunny. I got the mountains. I've got the beaches. I've got a winning organization, the Dodgers. You can't sway me away from Los Angeles because essentially – the Angels have all that, but they're not a winner. But I can go to the Dodgers, and they are a winner, perennially in the mix, 10 of the last 11 years division champions, and they've got the money they can spend, and they've cleared some payroll. So I think the Dodgers are a no-brainer for Otani. You can't move me off that until it happens. 
Maybe the Giants, but I don't think so. Maybe the Mariners, but I don't think so either. Rangers, no. So the Mets, I do think they get Yamamoto. I think that the Senga aspect does help. I think that, you know, if I was a Japanese player, I'm coming over to a new market. It helps to have at least somebody else who understands my background, my heritage, what that assimilation process is like. New York is such a great city because it's so multicultural, and I think it's very welcoming to players of different backgrounds. So, you know, as an Asian player coming over, I think that's an advantage. And again, Steve Cohen's money. Yamamoto, they're not going to get outbid on this guy. The $35, $40 million posting fee, Cohen will give him $200 million for seven years, $30 million a year, sure. This guy's got great stuff, fastball, fantastic split. Al Leiter was raving about him to me. And the biggest number to me, he's 25. Like, this isn't a 31-year-old. You know, some of these Japanese pitchers come over, as you know, Senga, older rookie, and then, you know, gets nominated for the rookie of the year. And you're like, well, dude, is he really a rookie? He's like, he's 22. But this guy's 25. Like, he's he's a stud. And he's still in the prime of his career. So I think the Mets and Steve Cohen and David Stearns will get Yamamoto. There will be anticipation and pressure, certainly from the Red Sox and the Yankees. Wouldn't be surprised he goes there. But I think, ultimately, the Mets do get him. All right. So they need to have a backup plan here mm-hmm. if they do. And I think you need to be looking – at San Diego, the Padres here. So, of course, the big ticket item there would be Juan Soto. He's going to be a free agent next year. It's very rumored that the Yankees are going to be all in on that. And maybe at that point, that kind of gives them a lug up in the future to sign him. I don't think Soto is going to sign in this offseason with whoever trades for him. Right. So the Mets, they obviously don't have the high-end prospects that a lot of these teams have. But what I do have is the Steve Cohen effect, and that would be the money. And the Padres need to shed some money here. So what do you think, Adnan? The Mets, David Stearns, they call up the Padres. They say, we want Soto. We can't give you the high-end prospects. We'll give you who you want. But what we'll do is we'll take Fernando Tatis back as well. We'll take his whole, his whole contract, his whole salary. Does that work? And that, I think that would be actually be a, be a better position then, than just signing Otani. I love the call by you. I talked to our buddy Steve Phillips. I know you're as big a fan of him as I am. Former Mets GM does a great job at Emily Network Radio. And I said the same thing to him. I swear to God, I said, will anyone get Nando? Because you know I love Nando. The guy's phenomenal. But the Padres, as you said, they need to shed some money. They took out a loan for $50 million. The late Peter Seidler passed away, their majority owners. So it's it's a tough time in San Diego. They can't, I believe, continue business with the current model as operating. And as you said, Soto, they're not going to resign a year from now. I know he turned down 440 from the Nationals. He's still going to get $400 million from the Yankees, whoever that team may be. So it ain't going to be San Diego. They're already locked up $300 million plus with Machado, Yonder Alonso's brother-in-law, and also Xander Bogert's 11 years to $80 million. So I said to Steve Phillips, I said, what about Nando? And he goes, call Steve Cohen. He goes, I, I think he liked that piece. He goes, he's a young player. He's exciting. He's brash. He's one of the most popular players in the game, even after the PED suspension. Tatis' jersey is a top five bestseller in baseball. The guy just won a gold glove in right field. You tell me that wouldn't play in Queens? Like, I think Mets fans would love Tatis and the fact he can hit 40 home runs and he plays with such excitement and charisma. So I'm with you. I, I, you're right. They don't have the prospects. They, they can't give up what those other teams can give up. You know, the Orioles are a team. They can't afford Soto, but they've got like a ton of prospects. If they wanted to deal prospects alone, they could do it. But teams like that doesn't make sense because, like you said, long-term, they're not going to sign him. The Yankees, they've got some high-end prospects, but, again, they can offer him the ton of money that he wants. But that's not a bad call. I think for the Mets, they got to get creative and go, okay, we can't get the prospects, but if we go, we'll take Soto and Tatis, and we'll take that contract off your hands, that will definitely get A.J. Preller's attention. Tough sell to the Padres fans, but yeah. I think that's uh, you know the financial constraints they're in over there in San Diego. So when you see David Stearns at the winter meetings next week, yeah. you know, say, hey, David, Fernando Tatis, because he's going to be on the move. 
maybe get get his get his brain churning, get his mind thinking. And yeah, if this see, happens, Adnan, the trade yeah. happens. You got to give give us credit right here. No, I, I, listen, believe in the Mets. I'll give full credit to this. And uh, it's going to be my first time at the winter meeting. So I've never even been to Nashville before. I flew in there once. My brother used to live in Kentucky prior to marrying his wife in Wisconsin. So I have uh, been to Nashville once only briefly. I don't, if you have any recommendations for me, Johnny Cash Museum, I can't wait. Somebody told me you got to go to the Country Music Hall of Fame. I said, I'm not a big country guy. But they said, no, you got to check it out. So maybe what's what I'll do. I'll tell David Stearns, the man in black, let's go check out a little Johnny Cash. I'll disarm him a little bit. I don't know if he's a drinker. Give him a mint julep or whatever the hell they drink down there. Some fried catfish and go, hey, Nando, what do you think? And then I'll report back to you. <laughs> well, there is another move that I think you'd like to see the Mets potentially make. The Mets need a backup first baseman. They need a left-handed DH. How about your fellow Canadian, Joey Votto? Well, well, listen, I love Vada. You're not going to find bigger fans of him than me. Him and, him and Nando are my guys. But I, I think the most natural fit for him is the Blue Jays. Now, you're going to accuse me of being a homer naturally, but the pride of Etobicoke, Ontario, just outside of Toronto, I just think after his incredible career, he would like to have some symmetry and some romanticism of saying, I finished my final year by playing in my home country as one of the great Canadian players ever, no doubt Hall of Famer. And listen, his numbers weren't great. Let's be honest. He hit 202. He was injured for much of the year, but does still have power. I think he slugged around 440. Like, I think if he plays 120 games, like he'll still hit you 20, 25 home runs, maybe, which is some power, as you mentioned, with the Mets. Alonzo provides so much power. After that, it gets a little bit thin. So I think he still wants to play. And if the Blue Jays are not an option, perhaps he'd consider the Mets. But I don't think he wants to go out that way with Cincinnati. His final game, getting tossed from a game, like just a brutal move by the umpire. Like, what? It's the guy's final game. Who cares what he's saying? Don't toss him. That was such an ump show, as my buddy Keith Law would say. So, what did you think about Joey Votto's appearance with the Mad Dog earlier in the year? Fantastic. There's nothing better than Joey Votto with the Mad Dog. Two of my great loves in life. Russo, who's always hysterical and funny, and then Votto just trolling him brilliantly. I mean, the, the fact he prepared for that diatribe, it was so expertly delivered. And of course, nobody loves it more than the Mad Dog. Once the Mad Dog's trending, he gets excited about that. It doesn't matter if it's Tori Lavello mocking him or he's on Howard Stern, you know, threatening to retire. I thought I thought some of Joey Votto's best work was with Mad Dog and MLB Network. All right, last thing for us on this episode, your buddy, your friend, you took a picture with him. You met him at the 2019 Baseball Writers Association Award. Pete Alonzo, yes. your buddy. This guy, to me, is the face of the franchise, and they need to get him signed. If they can't get him signed, they're going to be in a lot of trouble. I don't think they're going to sign him this offseason, but I think a lot of it's going to come down to the way that Carlos Mendoza has these guys playing. If they're a competitive team, then I think Alonzo will be inclined to want to stay and re-sign. But I think if, if the Mets are struggling in the first half like they did this past season, I don't think David Stearns would have any hesitation about trading Pete Alonso at the trade deadline. Yeah, I'm with you, man. I, I think you, me, and Keith Hernandez are on the same wavelength. Like, I, I, I never understood these Pete Alonso trade rumors. The first time I heard it, I said, what are you talking about? Like, he's he's the face of the Mets. Like, all he's done is hit home runs. Since he's been in the league, nobody's hit more home runs than Alonso. He, as you mentioned, that baseball writer being the reason why he was being awarded there was the good guy award. He's fantastic with the media. Never says no. Answers every question. He's very honest with his opinions. Uh, but he's a good teammate. He was great with me. My son Yusuf was 10 at the time. And I said, listen, he's struggling with Velo right now. He can't catch him with a fastball. He goes, lift weights. I'm like, lift weights? He's 10 years old. That's, that's Pete Alonso's advice. Like a true meathead. He's like, yeah, lift some weights, get a little stronger. He'll crush. I'm like, all right, well, I appreciate the feedback. Thanks. Now he's, now he's running track. No longer plays baseball. But I love the polar bear. And I think it goes down to this. Because I asked him when I go, I don't get it. Like, to me, he's a great Met. Great with the fans, the media, the teammates. Hits home runs. Like, what is it about? 
And they said, honestly, it's money. I'm like, okay, what else would it be? They said, would you look at what first baseman make? The Mets kind of feel like he should be a Freddie Freeman contract. Six years, 160. And Alonzo thinks, oh, dude, I'm as you and I are describing the face of the Mets, I should be Aaron Judge money. Nine years, 360. So 180 and 360 is quite the gulf when you're discussing. Maybe you can go 10 years, 240. And that's that happy middle ground. But I'm with you. I, I think it'd be a mistake to trade him because if you, first of all, you're trading for what? Because of money. Well, Steve Cohen has more money than anybody. He doesn't care. So if he thinks Alonzo's worth it, he'll pay him. But if you think he's only worth 180 or 200 and he wants 320, like somehow you can make things work. But back to our overarching point, if you trade him, where are you making up that 40 plus home runs? Like that's a lot of power he's giving you. Now I get it. Average was down a little bit this year. I'm not crazy about the guy who hit in 220. Okay. Like I'd like 260 with 40 home runs, but at the end of the day, I think Alonzo's a great Met. And as you mentioned, I root for players, not just teams. And I think he's a fantastic guy, a great role model. And I think it'd be a real mistake if the Mets trade Pete Alonzo. Yeah, hard to replace 40-plus home runs, 100 RBI on a yearly basis. And no one has had more home runs since he entered the league than Pete Alonzo. Aaron Judge is probably a better power hitter, but there's one thing Alonzo has that Judge doesn't, and that is durability. He's always playing unless he gets plunked in the wrist. Yep. And that kind of impacted his numbers this year as well, where he rushed back into like a Superman and you couldn't hit for a while after he got hit. But Alonzo needs to be a Met. Adan, this has been great. Let everybody know where they can go and hear your podcast. All right, Nick. Thanks so much. I appreciate it. You can support CFL. Go to Apple Podcasts, subscribe, rate, and review. And it was great to be here on Believe in the Mets. Great podcast. Love the whole network. Love what you guys are doing. Shout out to Gina and everybody with Dr. Gibson as well. I know they're going to be listening as well. So thanks so much. Hopefully we'll do it again soon. Absolutely. And I think the powers that be here, I believe, very wise of you to get out in his own show, perhaps. Who knows? But you know what? I'll play tennis. Whoever's in charge, if they want to play tennis sometime, and if I win at tennis, I get my own show. That's a good deal. All right. Well, we'll have to send this over to the powers that be. This has been great. Everybody check out Cinephile, of course. They have an amazing Twitter account that you do not want to miss. Make sure you're following it on Twitter. Follow us on Twitter, on Instagram, and Facebook, and subscribe to us on YouTube at Believe in the Mets, B-L-E-A-V-I-N-T-H-M-E-T-S. And if you want to check out Adnan's other stuff, he's on TV, and he has some great tweets to fanatics here and there. And Eagles tweets and Flyers tweets at Adnanesverk on X and I'm at Nick underscore Durst and I'm on Instagram at Nick's Food and Stuff. So thank you very much, Adnan. And that's going to do it here for this episode of Believe in the Mets. And until next time, everybody, let's go Mets. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.